Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Jay, and this is the Rewatch Podcast. I watch movies all the time. Then I like to rewatch them, and sometimes I'll even watch them again. It doesn't matter if they're good or bad or just downright terrible. I'm going to watch them and then tell you all about them. And sometimes I'll have special guests join me. This is the Rewatch Podcast. Welcome back to the Rewatch Podcast. I'm Jay Thomas, and this week I wanted to talk about Willow. It was a different time. It was a time of destiny. A time when a child could tip the balance between good and evil. Why, with my powers, with the strength of my great army, can you not find one little child? A time for an unlikely hero named Willow. Tell her I'm not gonna let anything happen to the baby. We gotta get that baby to somebody. I'm somebody. A time of scoundrels. What goes on here? Uh oh. And a time of rebels. You are great. could be found where you'd least expect it. A time when unearthly powers raged and good men risked their lives. A time of great adventure. the creator of Star Wars and the director of Cocoon, Willow. The movie and the TV show on Disney+. And the reason I wanted to talk about it is because Willow, the original movie from 1988, directed by Ron Howard, is probably the movie that I, I give credit to the most of capturing my imagination with movies. Like, I, I mean, I was like, what, seven when that came out? Six? I just remember falling in love with it immediately. I don't know exactly what it was, but I think I saw it in the theater seven times when I was little. At least that's what my brain, that's what like my memory says. I may have just seen it seven times when I was really little, and I just remember that, but I feel like, I know I saw it multiple times in the movie theater, but I loved everything about it. I mean, I would say between Willow and King Kong from the 70s, which I admit doesn't really hold up all that well, um, those two movies together really made me like just love movies and get totally into them. I remember watching uh, King Kong was on TV at my grandma's house and just the scene where Kong's walking through the jungle and like you see a close-up of his eyes, that just, I was locked from that moment on. And Willow, I don't know if it was just Warwick Davis and all the little people that were in the movie or if it was just the fantasticness of the whole thing and the magic and like the little brownies or uh, Val Kilmer. I, I don't know what it was, but there's something about that movie that I just absolutely fell in love with. I mean, you look at Warwick Davis. Uh, I knew he was sort of involved in Star Wars even then. I don't know how. I don't know if I saw it 
on something, but I, I was just fascinated with the movie, and I thought he was a, a, a great lead character. He was the perfect, like, smaller version of Luke Skywalker. I mean, the movie's very Star Wars-esque. I mean, look at, like, the villain, General Kale, very Darth Vader-ish, and George Lucas, of course, made the story, and um, Ron Howard even said, like, Below is a little more difficult for him to make because... While he loved making it, it, he felt like he was making George Lucas's movie, and maybe George Lucas should have made it, judging by the prequels. Maybe it was probably good that Ron Howard did it, but I loved, I, you know, I just loved everything about the movie. I loved um, the magic in it, just the whole adventure side of everything, and everything seemed so real in a far-off kind of place. Like this, Like, this world definitely existed for me. When I was a kid, maybe it was a long time ago. Maybe it's, you know, way in the future. I have no idea. But for some reason, I just absolutely loved and adored everything about Willow, this little baby being hunted by this evil queen, Bav Morda. And you don't really know why she's so evil or why this baby's going to grow up and be so powerful. But she just is. They tell you she is and she's going to be. And she gets uh, sent down this river and is found by Willow's family. And he reluctantly has to take her in and then protect her as the village gets attacked. And he has to go and uh, he's trying to be a sorcerer, but he's not. But he could be. And he knows some magic tricks. And he's got these magic acorns that can turn things into stone. I mean, that stuff just, to this six-year-old mind, just boggled it. And then, you know, he meets Val Kilmer, who's locked up in a cage. And Val Kilmer plays Mad Mardigan who is the greatest swordsman that ever lived. But for some reason, he's locked up in this cage. And you really don't know exactly why he's there, but then you meet people along the way, like his friend Eric, who totally is not surprised that Mad Mardigan is in a cage. He's very much the Han Solo of the movie. He's got this great, like, charisma, and um, it's just... It's so much fun to watch him and Warwick Davis together. It's almost like a like a buddy cop movie and a road movie. And then you have like the little tiny brownies who are even smaller than Willow and all the Nelwins. They're like really teeny tiny little tribal creatures that are also hilarious. At least I used to think they were hilarious when I was a kid. Uh, I did rewatch this not that long ago and thought, ah, they're not as funny as I remember, but I'm still enjoying it. Uh, do the special effects necessarily, you know, hold true? Now, um, they're a little dated. There's a, a lot of like black lines that you can see around things, but it doesn't really matter. I love the part in the movie where Willow and Mad Mardigan are basically sledding down this giant snow mountain and Mad Mardigan falls down and gets turned into a big snowball. I mean, it's ridiculous. There is this ridiculous sense of humor in the movie at times, too. Like, that is the most silly thing. Uh, Mad Mardigan getting the love potion accidentally and then falling in love with his enemy Sorsha, who's the daughter of Bav Morda, who ends up falling for Mad Mardigan, which is kind of a weird kind of a weird take, actually, now that I think about it. She wants nothing to do with him and he doesn't leave her alone. I'm not sure that holds up in 2023, but I, st- I like it, whatever. It was 1988. You could, you know, harass a woman until she liked you back then. It was no big deal. Plus, they ended up getting married and having kids in real life. The battles, the 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 trolls, the creepy trolls, the furry trolls that Willow hates. He just says he hates trolls before you even see them. And you know that when they show up, they're going to be horrible. And they're pretty gross. Uh, he attacks one with his little wand. Then they turn into like this, what looks like a little meatball. Every time I have my mom's manicotti, I think of the troll as a little meatball turning into a two-headed dragon thing. Uh, which does look absolutely insanely ridiculous now, uh, but was so much fun then. I love it when Mad Mardigan gets his uh, armor. 
and he looks all awesome fighting the the evil um, General Kale. And it's just, it was awesome for for a little six year old. And even as I was growing up, going back and rewatching it, I loved it even more as I got to know a little bit more about movies and I paid attention to a lot more things. And like the score, I, I thought the the music in Willow is absolutely amazing. I have uh, some of the soundtrack on my phone and if it plays, I do not skip it. Not once. I don't shuffle it at all. Uh, it is so, so good. And I love that in, you know, the end of the movie, Bavmorda, when he she has Willow and she has the baby and then even I for, I forget about Finrazel, the sorceress that uh, Willow has to get the help from uh, to protect the baby, uh, Alora Dannon. And uh, she's really old now and she gets in this old witch fight with Bavmorda. And it's it's ridiculous and so weird and it's so funny. But then I love that, that Willow basically beats her by doing just a regular ridiculous trick that he did in the beginning of the movie to hide the baby. And then Bab Morde like accidentally kills herself with a wand and uh, lightning from the sky. It's this weird magic accidental death thing, but uh, just captured my imagination. And it has for years since 1988. I, and I've I've watched it so many times over the years. And it was my favorite movie for such a a long time. I was scared to death of General Kale, this big Darth Vader looking dude with a like a skull face. That he could lift up and down, which I thought was weird, because I always assumed like when it came on, that wouldn't happen. It'd be like Darth Vader, you don't see his face, and then uh, he lifts it up whenever he wants. I'm like, oh, that kind of throws the mystique out a little bit. He's just a regular dude. Uh, still creepy though, still creepy, and uh, the the sword fighting, the swashbuckling of the of the movie. It's just it's a perfect little movie, and it, and I saw it at just the right time. And then I remember seeing Lord of the Rings when those movies came out. And I didn't know anything about Lord of the Rings when I saw Willow. In fact, I didn't really know anything about Lord of the Rings because I'm not a much of a book reader uh, until I got older and then the movies came out. But I remember watching it and I'm like, man, this movie really wishes it was Willow. And I realized, well, actually, I'm sure Willow probably, when they're devising that movie, they probably took a lot from the Lord of the Rings books. But I prefer, I'll, I'll throw Willow on. It's way less of a, a chore to get through Willow than it is the Lord of the Rings franchise. It's just one movie. You know, and I think that's part of the magic of it, too, is that there's only one. I guess there were books. I found that out way later. And comics, which I have the comics. I don't have the books. But I didn't know that. I didn't know the story continued that way. So it was always a mystery. Like, well, what happens? Well, you know, Alori Dannon ends up with Sorsha and Mad Mardigan, who are together at the end. And they live in this nice castle. And Willow goes back as the uh, sorcerer he's always wanted to be, or at least he's starting that journey when he gets back to his village, to his family. And all is happy. And it's like, well, you know, what happens? Fast forward all these years later, we find out on Disney Plus there's going to be a TV show. You think you know what is real and what isn't? What is light? What is dark? Now, forget all you know. Come with me. Willow. We're looking for the sorcerer, Willow. I was told that once long ago you defeated the forces of evil. You remind me of your mother. My dear friend, I thought I could prevent all this. I was wrong. My brother was abducted. The world needs you again. It needs your magic. Follow me. We must go beyond the edge of our world into the unknown. Willow! I need your help. Just like old times. Running! Horses! 
efficacy at the... Our true enemy is still out there. Rallying the forces of evil. And the only thing standing in its path is us. I'm going to enjoy this. If you think you're what I'm thinking, so am I. I doubt that very much. Take him to my tent and make sure he's tied up. I don't know. See, that kind of sounds like we're on the same page. When I was a kid, I used to play at being a sorcerer. Visiting strange worlds, fighting monsters. Run! Never thought I'd actually really do it. What the hell is that? Trolls. I'm so miffed. We have to hurry. How will you defeat us? Same as last time. With my friends. And I was excited. I was very excited. But at the same time, I, you know, I didn't, like, hold my breath that it would be this great, wonderful thing because I was like, you know, fan expectation. Keep it low. Don't get too crazy. For the most part, I've liked all the Disney Plus series. And then the trailer came out, and I was like, okay, this is actually looking pretty good. I was bummed there was no Val Kilmer. I think Val Kilmer is a very huge part of why I liked the original Willow, just his his charm and kind of swagger and humor uh, and and the the chemistry that he had with Warwick, Warwick Davis. I thought was amazing in the original one. And the fact that I knew he couldn't really be in the new one uh, really bummed me out. I was sad about it because of his throat cancer and fact that he can't really I mean he can talk but it doesn't sound like him in any way shape or form and he looks a lot different if you've never seen by the way the documentary Val uh, that he's made based on footage that he had all through his career and it's voiced by him a little bit and also his son Jack who does sound a lot like him I don't think he sounds exactly like him but he sounds a lot like him it's very very good it's on Amazon Prime check that out if I would have seen that a couple years ago definitely would have been on the Top of my best of list that year. Other than I knew Warwick Davis was going to be in the movie or in the new show, uh, I knew Joanne Kilmer or Joanne Wally was going to be in it as well. So it's like, okay, well, you got those two returning. Um, There was the question mark of whether or not Val Kilmer would be involved in all. He is slightly, but definitely not a huge part. And I knew Jonathan Kazan was somebody that was going to be involved. And uh, he's been kind of a part of the Lucas family for a very long time. Um, His dad wrote Empire Strikes Back or was part of the writers of Empire Strikes Back. And I saw interviews with him where he said he was a really big fan. And I was just excited to get back into the world of Willow. And then, you know, it finally came out. They released two episodes. And, you know, it's just kind of roughly 20 years after vanquishing the wicked Queen Bavmorda, the sorcerer Willow Uffgood leads a group of misfits on a dangerous rescue mission into the unknown. That's really all you knew. Like, they showed trailers. You got kind of an idea of what was going to happen. Um, but they, they, no one had mentioned Alora Dannon in it. You knew that the, the brownies were going to be back in it a little bit anyway, as well. And that's really it. They didn't let you know much. But I got to admit, you know, the first two episodes, I was like, okay, this isn't quite what I wanted, but it's okay. It, it's got a lot of like modern humor to it, which I wasn't really expecting. And there's an inclusion of like popular music into it that really threw me off. Like, remember how I said, how much I like the score of the originals. Like, some of that's in there, and they, they, there's some themes that are recurring. But, like, at the end of every episode, they play a song, like a pop song. Even, like, there's a... a, a one of the episodes ends with, you see the castle uh, Nakmar, which was from the original movie, where the, all the evil is. That's Bar- Bavmorda's castle. Well, Enter Sandman, a cover of the Metallica song 
plays. And it's like, I mean, I get it, but that's a weird thing to do. And it sort of takes me out of the show. But I like everybody that's in it. Uh, Ruby Cruz, who I've never seen any, mostly people I've never seen before. Uh, Ruby Cruz plays uh, Kit, who is the daughter of Sorsha and Mad Mardigan. Um, Eric is played by Dempsey Brick, and he is the son of Mad Mardigan and Sorsha, and he gets kidnapped in the first episode, and it's a group of people from the castle going to save him. That's like the whole thing, along with Willow. Aaron Kellerman, who plays Jade, she's like sort of the significant other of Kit, but not really. It's sort of an unspoken thing for a while. Um, I've seen her in, in, I think it was Rogue One? No, she's in Solo. And then she was one of the bad characters, kind of a bad character, in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, Tony Rovalori is Graydon. He's uh, like a sorcerer wannabe. Like, he wants to become magical, and he's supposed to marry Kit, but they're, neither one of them are really interested in each other. Amar Chata Patel plays Borman, who's sort of like the Mad Mardigan-ish character in this. He's funny, but also can fight. There's a lot of that. Everybody's really funny and quippy, but no, they're not that funny. <laughs> like, they're supposed to be. It's very Marvel-like. Like, you know, everybody in Marvel is, is like, kind they can all tell jokes. They can all say funny things. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. That's what, like, every episode is with this. And then there is Ellie Bambert. She plays... Uh, a, a cook girl who is in a relationship with Eric and she goes along. Well, spoiler alert, at the end of the first episode, you find out she's a Laura Dannon. And you might be wondering, well, why was that a mystery? That's my question as well. Um, Willow the series does sort of the last Jedi situation. And a lot of these reboots that take place years later, no one's really where you think that they're going to be or where they should be. They're in a different place and willow's the same way like willow is the leader of his village now he's the high aldwin he's like the great sorcerer in front of people but really he's just still learning how to be a sorcerer he's still learning spells like i think he's better than we're kind of led to believe but even sorcia at one point's like you're not a great sorcerer and he kind of looks at her like oh thanks d i don't like that like he's still sort of bumbling and i kind of just want willow to be willow but better, you know, like a, like he knows what he's doing. Like, you know, in, in like the Mandalorian, when we finally got to see Luke Skywalker, like Return of the, Return of the Jedi era, Luke Skywalker being a badass Jedi, which is what we didn't get in the last Jedi movie, just got an old man who was grumpy. Like Willow's kind of that. And Alora Dannon, who we were led to believe would grow up and be this great sorceress who's super magical and all powerful, doesn't know who she is. And she's learning magic once she finds out who she is. And she's blonde when the baby had red hair. Now, as she progresses and becomes more Laura Dannon, her hair becomes red. I noticed that towards the end of the mo- uh, t- towards the end of the show. But it's like no one is where I want them to be. Now, I'm not holding that against the the show or why I didn't like it. Like that's not fair. I shouldn't put my expectations in front of it. And I've said that before with lots of franchises when they get sequels years and years later. Like. You should definitely watch it again. And I plan to watch Willow again, but it doesn't feel like I never feel like I'm in the same world that I loved so much in Willow. Like it does not feel like it's the same place. Willow seems the same. Warwick Davis seems the same. Um, There is one scene with one brownie, Kevin Pollack. He returns to be Rule, his 
his character from the first movie. And it's it I like that scene. I thought it was funny. But even Warwick Davis feels just a little off in this one. Like I don't he doesn't really have anybody to bounce that chemistry off of. And there are parts that I actually genuinely liked. Like I liked uh Tony Revolori's character, Graydon. Uh, I did like Alora Dannon, like I and I liked Kit. I like like I liked the characters. It's just I never really got a sense that it was Willow. And I never really got the feeling that it was from the same thing that I watched when I was younger. And I don't know what that is. I don't know if there's just more CG or what the deal was, but it never really felt quite right to me. And I guess what I mean is like, so when we're watching, and I mentioned Mandalorian earlier, or any of like the Star Wars shows, it feels like you're in Star Wars. Like it feels like you're in that universe still. Like Mandalorian, you kind of get the sense like, okay, I know exactly where this is. I know what... Uh, these characters should kind of be and even when you see something new you're like but this fits this totally is what Willow or this totally was what Star Wars was and Willow just doesn't really do that I don't get I just don't get the sense that we're in the same world that we were in 1988 or you know 87 whenever they filmed it and maybe that's just that everything was practical in the old show I'm not really sure uh, but like even with the characters like I I do genuinely I did enjoy them and I did like think that they were kind of funny and they had good chemistry together but like just the way they interacted and the way they act didn't feel like how anybody acted in Willow like I realize it's so many years later and you know I probably don't act the same way that uh, like my parents did when they were roughly my age, but like I don't know, it just it didn't it didn't connect to me on that level. And there's certain moments that happen to the characters, like I really like Kit's arc, I really liked Graydon's uh, character went, I liked kind of where Laura went, I liked Jade's character and kind of the revelations with her and what that could mean later for the show. Borman, I I enjoy the Borman character. It's just they're all a little Tony Starkish with how they talk and how the script is and it just it didn't seem like it fit and even with willow you know like i said he was a little off something happened in between willow the first time and then willow now and that's that warwick davis was revealed to be pretty funny like he did the leprechaun movies and then he was really good with improv and being very funny and all the like the behind the scenes stuff on this movie, uh, he's being funny and he's basically being a character like a where he's pretending he's like a superstar character. And he did that in the first kind of first look trailer that they did a long time ago, meeting the the characters. And Warwick Davis was like, "I'm Willow, I'm Willow, I'm like the big star." And there's this weird like thing where he's funny and kind of quirky in some parts, and other times he's just super grumpy. And I don't know, it's just those turns they just didn't feel right to me, which is funny because there were episodes that I was like. Yeah, this is awesome. Uh, the trolls are back in an episode. And the trolls are talking like regular humans. The trolls didn't talk in the original movie. And I'm I'm not saying, like, all trolls don't talk. Maybe this is a different version. I mean, these guys have white hair. They're clearly a different breed. But, like, they're also funny. It's like, why does everybody have to be so funny? And I had hoped that would go away as the series went on, but it really didn't. Um, there's one episode where Christian Slater's in it, and that was my favorite because he fits so well into this world, and I want him to be in it more. Like, I don't know if he's going to be. I don't know if there's going to be more. They definitely hint that there's going to be at least three seasons. Um, and if this does well, which I, I don't know if it did well or not, you know, I guess I would, I'll watch them. But I'm not really looking forward to it. Like, I'm not like, oh, man, I can't wait for season two. It was more like, I, I don't know. I don't know if I like where this has gone. I liked certain character moments. I liked 
bits and pieces here and there. I even thought some of the character interaction was funny, but it never felt like a Willow show. Like, it seemed like it would have been fine in a different situation, but the fact that it was called Willow, and Willow wasn't this, like, super powerful being, and neither was Alora Dannon, who you're led to believe the entire first movie, that that's where we were headed, and then they're like, no, that's totally misdirection. We're not going to give anything that that first thing set up. We're going to have some of the same characters, but that's about it. And the way they handle Mad Mardigan is, it's okay. It's a little clumsy, and there's moments where you hear his voice, but it's done by his son. I guess Val Kilmer had performed his lines, and then his son kind of did it with his direction or something. Something along those lines. I, I read that in an article. I mean, it sort of sounds like him, but I don't know if it's just my TV and the sound setup, but I couldn't really hear him very well. Like, I didn't know exactly what he said. I'd have captions on because I'm like, I don't know what... That mix is very weird. It wasn't quite what I wanted. It didn't live up to the movie. But again, I do think I should watch it again because I do sincerely still love the first movie. I am so happy when I'm watching Willow. It's just one of my go-to comfort movies. Like, I don't watch it a ton because I've never really wanted to burn out on it. But when I do eventually watch it, I love every second of it. I think it is so much fun. And I just never really felt like the Disney Plus show hit that level. But I'm going to give it another chance. I'm going to watch the whole thing again. Because, like, as a show, I thought Willow on Disney Plus was an okay show. Like, it was a fine fantasy show. I just never felt like it was really connected to the original movie all that much. So, on that basis, I like I kind of recommend the show. But I prefer the movie. And I'd rather just watch the movie. But, you know, when inevitably they do a second season, I will watch it and see where it goes. But what did you think? Did you like the show? Do you like the movie better? I'm assuming that's the case. I, I don't know about the younger, the younger people, the young folk, the kids. They probably will like the show. Because, like I said, it's kind of a fine show. Just not really that Willow-ish to me. Even though Willow's in every episode. I don't know how the science works on that, but that's how I feel. The Rewatch Podcast is an Alpha Media production.